Welcome back to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. And of course, I'm always so very happy that you're listening to the sound of my beautiful voice this morning or anytime that you're using the listening to it. <laughs> you guys know that I'm uh, really protective of my podcast and not letting just any Tom, Dick, or Harry on my podcast. But I think you're going to be happy with today's guest, uh, Lisa Kane. Lisa Kane, C-A-I-M. So Lisa, um, I met her, crap, I should have looked this up before I hit the video. Gosh, when did I meet her? Was it early 2019 or late 2018? And she and her husband, they both work at Snake River Correctional Institute. Am I getting that right? Snake River is one of the largest, well, it's the largest prison in Oregon. I know that. And, and, I got to go there. I got to go to Snake River and take a tour. It's really a nice prison. If you ever had to go to prison, <laughs> if you ever have to go to prison, <laughs> you might want this one. It's really nice. They had a nice workout room and, you know, it's like, it's a, it's a nice facility and it's huge. They have a thousand employees, 3000 inmates. I mean, it's huge. And there were a lot of people, employees at Snake River who were really um, losing a lot of weight. Uh, anyway, Lisa and Brad Kane both were, were two of them that were doing really well. So when I had met Lisa, she was still quite heavy, but had already lost weight on Code Red. So I think you're really going to love her story because, gosh, this girl has completely transformed. I know I always say that, and it's so, it almost sounds like it's overdone. Like, it's just a transformation, you know, and I, I don't want to overuse that word, but I mean, she's lost 161 pounds. And when I knew her back then versus now, and when it's, I'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. And she even says this in the podcast, you guys, she does not look like the same person. She doesn't look like the same person. Seriously. It's crazy. It's crazy. She looks younger. She's vibrant and she's having a hard time getting used to her body. Like it's a lot. I mean, you lose the weight off your mind and what did it take her? Would she say eight months? No, not eight months. Maybe it was 12 months or something. Oh, eight months in maintenance so far. But um, you lose the weight off your body and you don't lose it as, as quick off your mind because she's been heavy her entire life. She will, and you'll hear about this. She describes being a heavy child, tall. She's six foot two. She was called names. And, and I think that a lot of you guys will be able to relate to her story. Maybe not the six foot two part. It's funny because people will will fill out their custom program questionnaire because I, I write custom programs. I always want to know, where do you think your goal weight should be? And it'll, they'll say like 185 and then like five foot four, you know? And I'm like, Lisa Kane is 184 and she's six foot two. Like, don't give me that baloney. You can't get away with that. You ain't six foot two. Like, come on. Anyway, I think you're going to really like Lisa. She's smart and she's vibrant and her life is just really, really transformed because of Code Red and because she's made the decision to take her life back and she did it. You know, she did it after failed weight loss surgery, after decades of failed diets and corporate programs that were failing her. And she just, you know, real food, water and sleep, guys. And plus, I'm really I'm riding her pretty hard in maintenance. She stays in because she works for Code Red or she is in leadership with us, which means that the coaches and the leaders have access to me. And so we talk on a very, very regular basis. I mean, I ride her. I'm all over her like white on rice. Like, I mean, I'm riding her pretty hard because I know she's got incredible potential. So I hope you enjoy Lisa Kane, ladies and gentlemen. 
I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. I have been trying to get you on the podcast or on the recording for a while, Lisa. So thank you so much for being with me today. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. I'm super excited. I don't have a whole lot of guests on my podcast. I'm just super, super protective of what I put out there. You know, Code Red has gotten so big and we have a huge platform and I'm I'm really protective of that. I want it to be, you know, good guests and exciting and and really awesome. And I I really know that people are going to be inspired and um, healed, hopefully, from your story. So take us back, Lisa. We're just going to jump right in. Take us back. Paint a picture for us of what life was like before Code Red. Uh, you can you can go back as far as you want, whatever you're comfortable talking about, because I don't think, like, we're all looking at you right now, Lisa, and we're like, oh, she's gorgeous. Like, there's, oh, she's so pretty, and, and she's so, you know. The, life was not always like this for you. No, it it never was like this for me ever. Um, I'm super tall. I'm six foot two. I remember being taller than my first grade teacher. I mean, that just tells you she was probably only five, four, but I've been tall my whole life and big. And I was always, um, called names, uh, jolly green giant or whatever name they could figure out for me. Um, I went to a small private school growing up, but I was always big. I never got to order clothes from the normal JCPenney's catalog or, you know, all those old school things that we used to do. I never, I never really was able to just be a kid. I was always big. And I also was an athlete. So luckily my weight was always under control. At least I was bigger, but I wasn't huge. I remember showing up to my college campus for, you know, weigh in day for, I played basketball in college and, and I did track and uh, I weighed in at 210 which I was like, that's great. I was thinking that was fantastic. And uh, my coach told me I was fat and I needed to lose weight. And so, you know, I always had an image issue. I always had to have the biggest uniform on the team, save the largest number for Lisa, save the biggest pair of sweats, save the biggest pair of shorts. And that was back in the nineties when we didn't have these long baggy basketball uniforms. I remember before basketball games, my teammates in college pulling on my shorts um, to make them fit just a little bit better. So they weren't so revealing. Um, And I pretty much averaged probably 215 to 230 all through college as an athlete. And I was strong. I was big, but I was always thick. Oh, you're thick. You're a big girl. You're, you know, you have a big booty, whatever those things were. I just decided that was who I was. My dad is bigger, um, tall. So I, I was the only one, the only one from both my birth mom and birth dad, my, both my biological parents. And I was tall. All my siblings are just average um, height. And so I got the, definitely the genes for this height, which can carry a lot of weight. When you were younger in your household, did did your folks bring up your size or your weight or did they talk about, or they just focused on how strong you were? What was the general idea? Did you know back then that you kind of like, you were bigger than 
Yeah, the girls. I always knew I was bigger than other girls. I mean, I couldn't, you know, I had to order from the women's catalogs to get clothing, even in, you know, probably the fifth and sixth grade. I always knew I was bigger, but, you know, it was kind of that we lived in that processed food lifestyle. You know, we, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. So, you know, sometimes we did have um, subsidized food. You know, you ate processed cheese and white bread and, you know, milk, sometimes powdered. Either you just had, it was just a lot different. My mom was amazing. My mom was incredible. You know, she worked multiple jobs to make sure that we had everything we needed. And healthy food has never been affordable, it seems like. At least in that generation, especially with not knowing more, you, you know, eat white bread for your toast. You had a bologna sandwich with mayonnaise on it and went to school with it. You know, if you were, if you were in middle school, you had a couple extra dollars, you went and got the 25 cent candy bar instead of, you know, the 50 cent apple. I I don't know. It just seemed like, it seems like society definitely skews it or makes you believe that it's skewed for processed food versus healthy food. And so, you know, growing up, we didn't have a lot of extra, but when, you know, we did on the weekends and the summers, we'd go water skiing. And so you'd fill up the cooler full of Shasta soda. Nobody drank water back then. You weren't even allowed to go get a water drink at basketball practice, like hustle, hustle. You know, now they're like, take a water break. We just didn't know any better. I don't think you take a couple loaves of white bread and, you know, some kind of sandwich meat that's processed and, you know, taking mayonnaise or Miracle Whip and, you know, you spent the day eating processed foods and it was no one's fault. It was just what kind of, it seemed like what everybody did at the time. That's just kind of how everybody grew up and in my generation and were raised. Did you feel bad about yourself? Oh yeah. Horrible. I've never liked myself. I remember I remember in high school, it was back in the day when they moved from shorts to these like briefs, they called them briefs. And it was like wearing underwear on a volleyball court and just always feeling like everybody was watching me in not a good way. I never felt comfortable in my own skin ever until recently. And still, you know, even being comfortable in this new skin, it takes time and effort and a lot of work because I'm not what I've always told myself I was. So you kept getting bigger and bigger. When, why, when and why did the weight really started piling on? I would say probably once I, I got married, I started gaining weight really. Uh, like it was, it was, it almost seemed like I woke up one morning and I was 360 pounds and I was that way for quite a while. And I just felt so hopeless, so controlled by food. I swear until I found Code Red, every waking moment was about, what well, am I going to eat next? What's my next meal going to be? What time is it now? Is it time for a snack? Is it, you know, time for me to eat something else? And I didn't know anything different than that. Um, in 2007, I was kind of done and I decided to have bariatric surgery. I thought, you know, this will fix it. Oh, I'll finally, I'll finally be cured of this obesity. And I was weighing 367 pounds at the time. Yeah, I had to lose about 30 pounds to be able to have the surgery. So my pre-surgery weight was 333. I still remember it vividly. Um, I had a lap band inserted. I didn't, I was too afraid of any of the other kinds of surgeries that really did kind of these modifications to your body. And uh, 
initially I lost quite a bit of weight, but it wasn't the healthy way. I didn't learn how to eat differently. I mean, I did eat differently because you were restricted, but it kicked in a genetic thing I have where food would get stuck in my throat. It would be like paralysis. And, um, in 2008, I had an emergency surgery where they had to repair it. I remember bawling when I went in for surgery, like, please don't take it out. Please don't take it out because it was the only thing that kept me at a kind of a a normal weight. You know, back then I was probably weighing anywhere from 245 to 275 with the lap band. So it wasn't like I really got healthy, but I wasn't weighing 367 pounds. So, you know, a, a significant difference. They did repair it. A year later, I went back in for another emergency surgery. My stomach had twisted. Yeah. And at that point, I wasn't going to have it taken out because I just couldn't part with it, but it was, it was deflated. So that was, was still there mechanically doing some good. It wasn't doing any good because for the next, that was 2009 for the next nine years, I threw up daily. I still had these issues. I couldn't eat anything healthy really like I remember one time, like, I just wish I could eat some tuna fish and cottage cheese. Like there was a a point in my life, like I knew I needed to eat something different, but the only thing that would go down were things that were super processed that, you know, had sauces or gravies or, you know, were liquid calories. And there was no way to fight that. It felt like. Did a doctor or any kind of a, a medical professional talk to you about options or was this kind of the only, did anybody say, Lisa, listen, you really got to get your obesity under control. So the funny part is I was a healthy fat person. If you looked at my numbers, I had to have been pre-diabetic. I had to have been metabolic sin- syndrome. I had some things, um, some medical things that had come up, but nothing like no one ever said, go lose weight. Like they just, I guess my doctor had been in my life my whole life and bless her heart. Like she would, whatever I decided to do. And I've tried everything I had tried every, obviously I tried weight loss surgery. I tried pills and shakes and diet programs and, you know, let's do this religious based program and let's do, I mean, I literally felt like I had tried everything and I was pretty hopeless in 2018. Uh, that's when my husband uh, convinced me like, it's time you got to get that out. Uh, and luckily I did, I was having some complications. I felt like I was having a heart attack often, but I wouldn't tell him that, uh, when they went in to take my lap band out, they found my gallbladder was diseased. And when I looked at all the symptoms of gallbladder, I was like, Oh, but I was eating fatty food nonstop 24 seven. Um, the only thing I didn't eat was eat in the middle of the night. That was probably the, the one thing I didn't do my whole life, but it was kind of like my wake up call. And I just resolved at that point, like, I'm just going to be fat. It's just going to be how it's going to be. Um, you're, so, you're so young. Yeah. That is just, you just really had just kind of given up at that point before you right, kind of right before you found code red. Yeah. Yeah. And your, and your husband wasn't in the best of health either. He needed to make some changes. Yes. And we both had been experiencing a lot of family stress, a lot of just dynamics had changed. We'd gotten married in 2017 Um, he's like, I was my best friend in the whole wide world. Like we had known each other for a long time. And I remember he told me one morning, he's like, I'm going to die if this doesn't stop. And I was thinking, yeah, me too. But I didn't know what to do. I really like, we had tried, um, plant-based diets. We had tried gain weight. We had tried, you know, and the hunger would just couldn't be satiated. It seemed like we were still trying to find something And then in uh, October of 2018, I saw my sister. My sister's always been, in my mind, my sister has never changed. She's never aged. She's always been, you know, like the right figure. And she's just been this, but she was tiny. 
she was tiny when I saw her and I was like, oh, sis, what are you doing? Like, where did this come from? It's like, oh, a few of us in our town are doing this thing called Code Red and it's really pretty simple. And I had heard about Code Red probably five or six months before, but I wasn't ready to hear it. I wasn't ready at the time to hear no carbs because that was all, that's all I would, that's what I lived on. And so I downloaded the book and on Monday morning, I said, guess what, honey, we're starting, we're going to do this thing and just never really looked back at all in the whole process. Now, the both of you guys, you and your husband have very, very stressful jobs. Uh, was that uh, describe to us what, what the life was like, how you handled your stress with the food? What kind of, what did you guys do? What did you guys oh, eat? Gosh, we, I'm embarrassed to say nothing healthy. It seemed like if you fit in a salad, the salad was, you know, probably crispy chicken, which is deep fried with cheese and enormous hunks of, you know, globs of salad dressing and, you know, just all kinds of stuff on it and probably bread next to it. That was probably the healthiest meal we had, but my husband does work and we both work in extremely stressful places. His job is over the top stressful some days. And it was like, he wasn't sleeping. Neither one of us were sleeping at the time we first got together. Our commute was about 45 minutes each way. So we'd get up, get breakfast sandwiches at the local convenience store, grab an energy drink or a diet soda, get to work, already be thinking about lunch. Probably if we packed lunch, I doubt it. But, you know, most of the time stop by a fast food place. And then on the way home, grab fast food for us and, you know, the kids. Um, and the kids thought it was great. They're teenagers, like sweet, you know, dinner comes and it's right there. And then you start the whole thing over the next day and just, everything. If I felt miserable, I ate. If I felt happy, I ate. If I felt sad, I ate. But I don't think I really realized I was feeling all those things because I just ate. And you said that you would be eating and thinking about your next meal. Yeah. it's. I didn't know anything different. I didn't know there could be anything different. When people say, oh, I forgot to eat. I'd be like, I didn't ever happen for me. I don't even know what you're, you're talking foreign language. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And now I understand. Now I get it. I know that there's a, the comedian, Jim Gaffigan, uh, I'm a big fan of, and he says, he makes this joke and he goes, we better eat before we go. And then on the way, we'll grab a snack. And then when we get there, they'll probably have something there for us to eat. And then afterwards we'll get something mm -hmm. to eat. And it's, that seems like that was your life. Yeah. Cr huge sugar crashes and highs and lows and uh, mood swings. And, you know, we kind of ran the gamut and, you don't even know what you don't know. Really. You just lived that way your whole life. Totally. So that Monday came and you were like, I'm ready to do this. How describe to us that, how that went. So it was just like, okay, I'm going to look at the, what to eat, the, what to eat list, what not to eat. I'm going to pick some things out. I mean, breakfast, we ate three meals. Cause obviously like the idea of going to two meals a day was there. I, I couldn't even imagine not snacking, let alone not, you know, eating three meals a day. So um, that's we slowly, gently put our foot in and just um, stopped eating off the don't eat list. And after the first week, we both felt better. And it was like, well, that wasn't too bad. I didn't feel super deprived. Just move from the horrible to better <laughs> category as far as, you know, my morning coffee changed a little bit that day. And, and so we kind of just, as we started feeling better and feeling less controlled by food, the easier it was to make healthier choices to not crave sugar, you know, oh, I want a cookie or I want a Danish or I want a donut. It just every day got us a little step closer to freedom. Mm. 
So um, how long did it take you to start feeling better? Did you start feeling better immediately or were you pretty sugar addicted? It took you a while to detox. I was really sugar addicted. I remember that first week. So now that you asked me that, I remember that first week, like right in the middle of it, Wednesday, we were both like, we can't go to work. We feel like crap. Like what happened? We felt like we got hit by a Mack truck. It was Wednesday. I can now that you've mentioned that it was like, oh my gosh, like what's happened? So I'm like, okay, they said that this would happen. Like, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay. But we were feeling better slowly. Um, We were losing weight. That was like the biggest motivator in the beginning. Weight was really coming off pretty quickly. And it was about, so we started in October. I remember in December waking up thinking, oh my gosh, I feel different. I don't know why. I'm not really sure what's going on, but I just don't feel. I just feel different. I don't feel so cloudy. Um, Now, after being in Code Red in this lifestyle for so long and all the education we've gotten, I understand now what it was. But at the time, it was just like, I remember walking into work saying, I don't know what happened, but I feel different. I'm not really sure what it is. I'm going to just take it today. Mm. So you have total lost 161 pounds with Code Red. And I I believe your husband is down over 100. 100. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I know that his health has improved because he did have some health problems. Yeah. So he reversed his diabetes diagnosis. It's completely removed from his um, medical charts. We're both like kind of these new healthy bodies um, that we probably never, and you know, he was never really as heavy until he got with me and, and the extra stress added. He'd, he'd been on a journey for a little bit, trying to control his health and get, you know, his diagnosis under, uh, under control. But even then, the diet his doctor does is perfect for his doctor. He's, you know, a different nationality and it works really well, but the things he was telling us to do, plant-based diets, eat fruits all day long, kind of graze all day, eat just a little bit of protein. If you're going to have it, you know, eat rice, eat, and it just didn't work for us. It just wasn't the right diet for us. And so when we switched to Code Red, I remember it wasn't the greatest conversation at first because, you know, you hear all the time, it's not sustainable. Mm, yeah, it is. Especially Code Red and all the education we get. It is absolutely sustainable. It is. The only, I remember crying in his office. I'm like, I'm not stopping. Like, we're not stopping this. We're, we just lost 45 pounds. Look at how good we're doing. You know, now we're not stopping. Like, give us another three months before you totally say this is not going to work, but we're going to keep doing it. Why do you suppose Code Red works so well for you when you've tried everything? I had this conversation with a coworker recently, you know, at work, they really push surgeries. They really push some other weight loss programs. I've tried them all. None of them work for me because they don't really get to the root of anything. And, and until I got my custom program and I really had to dig into me, I really had to, to see that other people can eat certain things and be okay, but not me. That doesn't, my body doesn't like that. Until I went that journey and I really spent the time, like, I remember one time I was like, I'm so mad. I want to eat a cookie right now. And like, just being able to verbalize that, like, was able to go, oh, okay, that's, I don't need a cookie. Like, kind of made me giggle a little bit. Like, that's just funny to say out loud. But all that work and all the support. And when I didn't really feel like I could do it, my coaches, our coaches in the group were there to say, hey, I know you can. I know you can. And there, you know, all the mindset training and all the education about why you respond the way you do, you know, being able to your participation in the sugar summit, like that was just this aha moment, like, oh, 
not alone. I'm not abnormal. I'm not damaged. I'm not flawed. I just needed something different. And to know that each of us, like, I really believe each of us has to have that food combination that works for us. I believe Code Red's the best way to do it because you get to do it with healthy food. It was a great, during the pandemic, when everything was gone from all the flour, all the processed foods, and it was like walking around, all the foods I needed were there. Like, I don't have any problem, you know, managing that crisis. It was perfect because everything we needed was right there. So being able to being able to be a Code Red Rebel anywhere I go is why it works. I don't need to have somebody send me a box of food. Yeah, exactly. I have to be in control. Yeah, I love that control. So how has your relationship in your household changed since you and your husband have completely changed your household? Is it feel different in your are things different in your household between the it's two of you and in, and in your household? I think definitely between the two of us, there aren't those mood swings that we go through. Obviously, you know, we're parents of teens. We're some days the villain in the story, some days, you know, the hero. But for the most part, we're able to not be so cloudy brain that we can say, oh, I didn't do that very well. I need to try that again and not be. It seemed like everything was always a crisis when we weren't eating well. And once we started taking care of ourselves, especially sleep, once we started saying like, hey, we're, you know, we're going to get our eight hours of sleep. We're going to go to bed. You guys can still be up and our kids still, you know, they're still car beaters. They're still teenagers. Just keep walking the walk um, and hoping they'll, hoping they'll come around, but they still do have their foods. They still have their things, but we are definitely more in control of just our emotions each and every day, which is super helpful. And we just have to give ourselves a lot of grace along the way too, uh, as we go, because this is new. I, I've never been like this before. My birthday is right around the corner. And this is the first year I'm like, dang, I'm what, first year for New Year's resolution. I didn't have to say put weight loss on the top of the list. The first year I'm like, hmm, I kind of like me. You know, it took a long time to get here, but I'm not too bad. I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of digging me. So you are in maintenance. You have, we have brought you on into a leadership position to help mentor the people coming up, the baby rebels. And uh, you've just done, and you and I have stayed in close contact with your, because in maintenance, I do put people on an exercise program. We do monitor body fat percentages and different things. Are you having a hard time getting used to your new body? Yeah, I think that's been, I'm a work in progress every day. I thought like, Oh, this mindset, I'll get it all under control and I'll get to maintenance and my mindset will already be set and I'll be ready. But I still sometimes walk by the mirror and I have no idea who that is. I'm just like, have to take another look and be like, oh, wow. And especially, I, I think, you know, sharing progress pictures with you and, and having to acknowledge that there is change. It's so easy to just get stuck and not do, not have those things to remind yourself that you are making progress. The last couple of weeks, we've definitely upped our workout game and maintenance. And I never would have thought I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'm so excited to go work out. Uh, so I just recently told you that new you know, heart rate monitor is like a game. It's like, I can't wait to get it. Can't wait to get on and do this now. You know, before I would have been scared and like, mm, I don't think I should try that. I don't know if I can do it. And now it's just like, why not try? If I don't do it today, I could probably do it tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. Uh, just go do it. And it is crazy. I, like I look strong. I feel strong. And now I'm like, 
starting to see the strength show up or manifest physically. And that is really weird. It has been so much fun for me to walk this with you. And I know that I'm hard on you. I'm really rides you hard. And I, I'm like, bam, bam, I'm very structured with you, but you're, you're easy for me to work with because you, you know, you, you're very on time. You do everything I say. And it was interesting in maintenance, you know, we don't worry about if your weight jumps up, we worry about getting it right back down. And just recently you had a muffin and you had almost a violent reaction to it. That was an interesting little experiment. Yeah. Especially on, you know, when I check in with you on the weekends and I'm like, Whoa, um, I hate to report that I my the scale is sky high and it hasn't been this high at all. And my eyelids are swollen. I had to take some Benadryl, but don't worry, Christy, I'll, I'll get that. I'll get right back on it. I know exactly what I need to do to get myself. But yeah, I was, I couldn't believe how horrible I felt. And I made a choice. I saw it on the counter and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to eat that. It looks delicious. I'm choosing to eat that. I ate it in my meal time, but man, it, definitely was a reminder that, oh, just because you want it and it looks good doesn't mean your body likes it in the least bit, whether it was the, you know, because of the way it was processed. Um, I've had other things that don't have that same kind of reaction. They may bump the scale a tiny bit, um, but don't have that kind of like my eyelids were swollen for like two days. It was crazy. I also have this really weird thing, which is a great reminder, Lisa, like you're out of control that shows up on my skin. So if I have too much sugar or if I have too much, it was funny, you know, some of the eating plans we have does some different restrictions um, and maintenance. And so I don't have a lot of nuts. I don't have, you know, I have a little bit of dairy still. And I had a recipe I made that had a lot of nuts in it. And I had this horrible rash breakout. I broke out in hives. It takes about three weeks to go away. So it's kind of this constant reminder, like "Hmm, you chose some things, you made some choices that weren't effective for you. So get back on it, get it out of your system. Um, and just, I get those physical reminders of that's not good for you. That's besides the scale. It's funny. I can eat popcorn and I pop it myself with code red olive oil and I don't have any reaction to it. And it's really great. And in maintenance, we find out what works for you. And Mm -hmm. we definitely Lisa found out what works for you and what doesn't. And I was kind of as, I don't want to sound weird when I say this, but I was kind of happy that that happened with the muffin just because now we know, and now we know what to avoid and what to go ahead and indulge on. And that's one of the great things Were you pretty shocked about our, and I realized because you're in leadership, you have more access to me, but have you ever heard of a program that puts so much effort into maintenance like we do? No. And that's why it works. Uh, you know, every, everyone who is part of the code red family, like I really hope you all get to your goal weight, however you do it and come be with us in maintenance on my birthday. I'll be at eight months in maintenance. It feels like this tiny window and a huge window at the same time, just because there's so much learning in it, but the maintenance program truly does teach you not to be afraid when the scale jumps or me, this is what I've learned. I'm not afraid when the scale jumps. I know that when it does, I need to make an intervention. I know when it does, I need to make change. I wrote to you, you know, during November when we had, I was really struggling with sleep. There were some things happening in our house and um, I was not taking care of me. And the scale was just riding really high and not outside my goal, not outside of any of those things, but like way higher than I was comfortable with. And I was grazing, which seemed super abnormal for me. And I was just like, okay, this is where I'm going to be. And I loved it. You were just like, oh, really? That's the only thing going on. I was like, no, Christy, here's the real story. 
Um, I haven't been sleeping. I've had a hard time getting all my water in. I've been eating outside, you know, this normal window I typically have. I just haven't put myself first. So that was just that first aha where I was like, oh, and I know exactly what to do. And it wasn't scary. It was just like, and that really, that moment really helped me kind of propel myself to be this more confident maintenance rebel. Like, oh, okay. Like, big deal. Like, I'll be back there before Friday. Like, I don't care if it's 11 pounds or two pounds. It's all the same. It's all about how do I get there? We pride ourselves on making sure that you have the tools that you need to be able to walk through, to walk through maintenance and to understand that you're not broken. You're not weird. We will find what works for you, but I want to do it with you. I want to be holding your hand. And, and Lisa, it has been so rewarding for me to watch you go through this. So what do people, how do people react to you? 161 pounds lost is a, I mean, it's a, it's a whole person. How do people react to you when they see you? Well, I think first they don't recognize me if they haven't seen me in a long time until they hear my voice. And then they kind of get the funny look, like, especially with mask wearing too. I had to stop feeling like bad that people didn't say hi to me. Like at first it was like this personal affront, like, oh, I've known that person forever. And they didn't say hi. Like, I wonder if I made him mad. And then I was like, oh, good Lord. Um, You don't look the same. You like, you know, there's nothing about you that's 350 pounds. So okay, just like say hi. And you probably don't remember me, but it is awesome. The longer I walk this path, the more people say, okay, tell me what's going on. Cause you know, at first I think they feel really uncomfortable asking. And then, you know, I love it when people are like, what are you doing? Did you have surgery? No, I didn't. Not that that's not, you know, I have anything wrong with that. And like, how are you dealing with this? Like, how are you dealing with being smaller and working at the prison? I wasn't healthy the last time I couldn't have taken care of myself. So really having all that inside work done and being able to encourage others. Like, I don't know how many people were like, how did like, okay, just start with a 10 pound takedown. Just start with a challenge. Just get the book, just start on your own. And um, my stepdaughter is in the program. My, my great niece is she rocked your last challenge. Um, And so it's just fun to watch people heal themselves because I know there's more. I know exactly how they feel. I've been right there with them and I know they don't have to feel miserable anymore. So I love sharing when they ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When they ask, they either say one of two things. They say, why are you doing that? Or they say now, so what are you doing? And you, Uh the one means they're ready and one means they're not. And so what do you say to people when they do, do you just tell you to kind of send them to our 10 pound takedown? I do. I do. um, If it's at work, I make sure that I, you know, send me an email, ask me for the link. I'll send that to you. You know, the next one starts whenever, you know, whatever month we're in, the next one starts on this day. I'll be there for you. Tell me if you're in it so I can support you. And anywhere else is just like, I do code red, grab the book. You know, if you have questions, let me know. But I always want everyone to know that this is what healed me and it's possible for them. And everyone sees it. They see how different I am. Obviously, you know, you have created this amazing tribe within Code Red, and there are lots of other tools that a lot of us indulge in, I would say, where we do work on our mindset outside of Code Red. We do work on, this isn't happening, you know, to me, it's happening for me. We just really have to get out of that victim role. You know, one of your recent podcasts where you get stuck at that point of the pain, it's like, oh, we don't have to be there anymore. Like, you don't have to stay there. And um, just encouraging people, even if it's outside of weight loss, like 
you know, being that voice of encouragement, no matter what it is that they're going through and just let him know, like, it's not all sunshine and roses every day, but there's always hope. Hmm. One of your employees uh, saw me in the Delta Lounge in Salt Lake City here recently, and I was in a motorized cart and uh, he was he and he hopped up and he said, oh, my gosh, Christy Codred, can I get a picture with you? And I said, can I give you a big hug? And he said, everybody and they are just so inspired by your story, by other people, and they've they've lost so much weight. So your ripple effect is huge. Even if you don't hear about it, people are watching. I'm just so grateful when people do say like, I was encouraged by you because I had people who encouraged me. I wouldn't have started. I wouldn't even have looked you up had I not seen my sister and been inspired by her. I wouldn't have been as successful if I didn't have, you know, my husband by my side being my constant accountability partner. I wouldn't have gotten there without your coaches and your leadership team when I was just starting out with my, you know, with my heavy duty custom program. And, you know, I have to be that for other people. I want to, I feel so kind of like fulfilled by being able to pour into other people. It's like, it it just fills my cup to be able to be there for others. Well, you definitely do a good job. So you heard it from Lisa. Wow. 161 pounds down after failed weight loss surgery. We have, I think we have a good 40% of people that come to code red have had failed weight loss surgery and including my sister, Carrie, who's our COO. So guys, we understand we get it. People like Lisa are going to come around you, our leadership, our coaches, they're going to come around you. And the great thing about being in the 10 pound takedown and being in our coaching groups is that you get to hear from Lisa. She's going to come to you, do videos. She's going to be coaching you. She's going to be bringing you along and she gets it. So 10 pound takedown.com is the best place to get started. We have rolling monthly challenges. So if you missed the last one, you can always get the next one. Lisa, thank you again so very much for being on here with me. Thank you for taking your time with me today. I really appreciate it. Well, it's, it is such a joy. And you said, it's always good to know that people are inspired by me. I'm inspired by you, Lisa. Like I love your weekly check-ins. I look forward to them. I love it. I just love the progress pictures. I love the uh, conversations and I, it's really been a lot of fun. My, my love cup gets full. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. 10 pound takedown.com. And we will talk to all of you very soon. Have a good day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? Then all you have to do is head over to Apple Podcast on your phone or computer and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. And in that review, ask anything you want related to health, weight loss, or mindset. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut on the next Q&A episode. So I'll see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle.